0: Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk all about toys and everything pop culture. G'day, Trent here. Wonderful to have you company today for episode...
2: Two, five, seven.
0: This week on Toy Power, it's time to put Frank in the This Is Your Life hot seat, and then we round it out with a review of The Batman. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Scott... Hello there. And Frank. Hello, hello. And this is what the last episode before we're graced with the presence
1: of Ben Sachs yet again. Sorry, who? Who is that? (laughs) I don't remember. Oh, wow. (laughs) Not gone for long here, are we? He's Um, the guy starting the parallel toy toy Power podcast from Wagga Wagga. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the
0: the Wagga. The Wagga version. He's been hard at work (laughs) setting up a store from scratch. When he got there, we got the photos of just like an empty warehouse. Like Nothing. Not not even any. I don't think I, I don't think I've seen
1: a Bunnings that's nope. like that big. It's huge. Yeah. Wait, let me get this right. You guys are getting photos of merchandise and empty stores. All I get yep. is like empty beer cans and bottles from <laughs> from, from Ben.
2: That's What's going very, on. That's a very different chat.
3: You ah, sure.
1: <laughs> now it would be great to have Ben back
0: and hear all the stories that he's been up to, and I'm sure he's. Being, well, he, he was quite interested. It'd be great to get some feedback from Ben because he was yeah. like, I finally get to listen to Toy Power as a listener. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's mm-hmm. a different experience being on the other side. Hey, Frank, it's time. Yes. It's time to put you in the hot seat Woo! now. Woo! All right, let's um, do it. And uh, what have we got? Well, typical Toy Power questions here. Put yourself back in 10 year old Frank's shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Favorite
3: movie? Favorite movie as a 10 year old? So I was born in, sit down, folks, 1981. <laughs> so that puts us in 1991. Uh, I mean, look, the obvious answer there is the Turtles movie, but I. Ace Ventura. Oh, yes. I'm going to shout out yeah. Ace Ventura. Yep. I, I am an unashamed Jim Carrey fan. And yep. I know that, you know, people dislike him for various bits and pieces, but. I love Days Ventura. I remember clearly going to see it uh, with my friend, and our house was sort of ten minutes walk from where the the movie theater was. You know, ten year old kids were allowed to walk home in those days, and we just like just riffing on all the the memorable moments just the whole way home. And it's still one of my favorite movies. I know every line that's going to come up, and I just I just laugh all the time.
1: It's a great movie. Laces yeah. out. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes. Second one's not bad, but honestly, oh, yeah. even and right down to the last scene where he just, you know, that the pigeon flies up and then he just, you know, the mascot, the parrot mascot comes to annoy him and he just punches him so hard <laughs> that the, the, the mascot's head turns 90 degrees and you're like, yes, go Jim Carrey, you know? Oh, love it.
0: Uh, he was the actor of the 90s, really. Yeah. I mean, uh, and well, he's...
1: Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik in in Sonic and Sonic 2 coming out. out. So you get some
0: old school Jim Carrey. Mm.
1: So 10-year-old Frank would have had action figures. He did. What was your favorite action figure?
3: Narrowing it down to an individual one is extremely hard. Uh, I mean, 91, we're again talking sort of peak Turtles time. I want to say, though, the one that I have sort of memories from in that was actually probably Soundwave. Yep. Like that was, it was one of the first Transformers I had because you sort of talking, you know, 84, 85, or probably a bit later by the time I was into it. But um, that's the one that I still have from when I was a kid. He still stands up. He's got a slight little lean to him and his left arm's never quite been the same. But that's the one that he just, I would challenge myself as a kid to try and transform my Transformers, eyes closed. And some of them, yeah, wow. your Ultra Magnuses and stuff Frank with, the with, Savant <laughs> well, you know, I, I look at it as more, you know, those ninjas that hang upside down and Take their gun apart blindfold yeah, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. my version of that, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and Soundwave, I could do everything Just boom, the feet fold in, knees twist around, up around oh, Head fit, folds back
1: Yeah, Soundwave
3: Sorry Ben, it's mine now <laughs> you yes, don't have it yeah. anymore If it was Soundwave, what
1: tape did you have in Soundwave?
3: I actually had Rat Bat, I was really fortunate. Wow, right, I had uh, the, the the ears on mine have long gone because it is a childhood one. But yeah, Ratbat was my my go to tape. I had Ravage. I think I had all the, the the main four, not the really obscure ones. But yeah, the purple in a in a big blue cassette tape. It was it was the eighties. That's what mm-hmm. you yeah, did. Yeah, you could do it back then. <laughs> we're still doing it now.
0: Uh, well, so what did you want to be as a ten year old? What was Frank's 10-year-old. dream growing up? Oh. Was it? Was it a toy collector?
3: <laughs> uh, pretty close. Um, I I don't really know, to be honest. Cricket, cricket captain for Australia. <laughs> yeah, surely that had to come up at some point. <laughs> um, I, as much as I love my cricket, I worked out pretty early on. I'm not very
2: good
1: at it.
3: <laughs> um, You're a I would, realist. <laughs> I, I would I would go hard all day, but then I'm just like, yeah, that's never going to work as as a as a career. I actually. Uh, I don't know my mum would tell you that I chose my career at the age of ten because what would happen is my dad, who worked for British Aerospace at the time, big government contractor, yep. he would come home with the latest whatever that had been decommissioned. So you're talking three-year-old computers, which is nothing in terms of you know what the era was back then. I'll whack it on the desk and just go here, you go play, wonderful. And just, uh, just you know, uh, perhaps a different era in that there was no internet access, so there yeah. was no chance of yep. me finding anything untowards, but. Just learn by doing, and I was doing that from younger than ten, and so when I did end up in the career I ended up in, Mum was just like, "Yeah, that was always going to happen." Yeah. What did you? Mm. What else did you think was was gonna was gonna happen? And to me, it was just, it wasn't something I did. It, it wasn't a career. I just went. It's just something I do. Yep. it's Just something. I'm okay. at Wonderful. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Okay. So the nuts and bolts of this is your life. Okay. Tell us when. Well, we know when you were born, eighty one. Mm-hmm. Where? Where was born? I born? Can I go... Can I add one more to that? Can I... like? How
3: were you born? <laughs> <laughs> Please. This, Where were you conceived? This is not... <laughs> this is not that kind of show. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to pick on specifically the name because names are right. a really weird thing in my family. You guys know me as Frank and that is true. But... Technically, on my birth certificate, it says Francis, which is, yes. you know, mm. fine. Yeah, you know, that's, that's fairly common. What is not common is if you were to uh, meet some of my extended family from Melbourne and even really good friends who have known me for most of my life. Is it Paco? That's it. Very good. You do remember that. I'm, I'm impressed. Paco is actually the Spanish version of Francis. Right. My mum being Spanish. Yes. That were, that became my name to the point where my cousins in Melbourne, my extended family, Yep. They don't call me Frank because that's my dad's name. Yep. I am Paco. Well... Paco is how you would say it in, in the sort of Spanish tongue. And they call me Paco and Paco and every, every other, I you love know, oh, oh, the or, Aussie version. Yeah. And I, I accept it. I accept it from them because that's that's all they ever know. Anyone yes. else who, you know, any of my other friends who started to get cheeky with it, they're like, no, if you can't say it properly, you don't say it at yep, all. Please. Yep, yep. Um, So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's something you probably didn't know about me. Uh, so, where was I born? I am actually... And I don't, I still, I flip-flop whether this is a good or a bad thing. I'm not an Adelaide boy. I was actually born in Brisbane. Thumbs down from Scott, apparently.
1: Interstate wars are real.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, my dad was uh, in the uh, air force at the time, and so he was from Melbourne originally. Got posted up to Brizzy around the time I was born. I was only there till I was like two, so I have very little to no memories of Brisbane whatsoever. But yes, and I was reminded of that when you go through the whole the marriage thing, and you need your your birth certificate for stuff. And Ali looks, and she goes what's this buddy, you know, Queensland seal on the top of it? What's all that about? I like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you that. So Details.
0: <laughs> do you have any, like, what sticks out as childhood memories for you?
3: Well, the house we were, that I grew up in, that was in uh, Parra Hills here in Adelaide, we were fortunate enough to have an in-ground swimming pool. So we were the party house as far as summertime. Friends all come around, you know, this is, this is what you do. And so... There was times in a sort of a balmy sort of January, February, where well, you're still in the pool at nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, there's a light under the pool that made it sort of really cool to go swimming at night. And it was just just wonderful. And then where the, the house was on a bit of a slope, so you'd come up the stairs and there was this big sort of outdoor undercover area. Um, we would use that area for like, in sort of school holiday times, we use that for craft. Mum would say, here's some bits of wood and cardboard. Here's some screwdrivers and nails and his hammers. You know, all the stuff that 10-year-olds should totally be allowed to mess with. I took it a step further and I mentioned Soundwave's arm has never quite been the same. Yeah. Took him apart, didn't you? <laughs> That's right. That was me. That was me who did that. It, oh, there's little screws on the back of it. I'll just, you know, undo that and see what happens. And something shot out of it, which was never to be seen again. And uh, yeah. So I it was just mainly just tinkering with things in the backyard. Our backyard actually was triangular shaped. There was a point right down the far end. And I'm never quite sure why, but it, the very pointy part of it was sort of fenced off by my dad. And he's like, no, you're not allowed to go in there. And my the best theory, and he can't even remember, it was so long ago, the best theory is that he saw a snake there one day, wasn't able to kill it. And so he's like, right, it's gone into the back corner. Just shut that off. <laughs> Fence it off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, the fence wasn't exactly solid. It was just a grill. The snake could have been... He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It was the 80s. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, that that's from my house. And then there's the... Um, I might have told this story before, but Christmas, uh, my dad is one of nine kids. All of them sort of went off and got married and had their own kids. So, I have about 45-odd cousins or something on my dad's side. Um, so when we go to and they're all from Melbourne so we'd go to Melbourne for Christmas, and we'd have these insane Trent you mentioned on your episode about you know cricket in the backyard, uh, there was no backyard big enough to contain yeah. this many people, so we'd go to whatever park and it was great because there'd be these little games of cricket here there with a couple of families. Then this swarm of about you know sixty of us would march out <laughs> and go, this, this is ours. <laughs> you know you can play your game within our game if you like. <laughs> But we're, we're, you know, we're the dominant force here. And so, yeah, just insane, you know, matches that would last forever. And then all of a sudden you'd catch a ball and you go, oh, wait, that's from the other (laughs) side over there. (laughs) You're still out, by the way. (laughs) Out is out. Exactly. So, yeah,
1: that was um, some good times. Where you go to high school in Adelaide is very, very important. Ooh, yes. It's the beginning of your social structure. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Please tell us, which high school did you go to?
3: <sighs> I'm not sure if this is going to get me some hate or not, but I am a Ross Trevor boy. Oh, so. well,
0: la Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> fancy pants Frank going on here.
3: <laughs> so, my yeah. dad, uh, it's a it's a Christian brothers school, for those that don't know it. Um, that is uh, due to my dad, who was um, de la Selle's, I think it's called... In Melbourne, which is a Christian Brothers school, so that really drew my dad into it. Um, look, they're a big sporting school, so probably not the best one for me in hindsight. <laughs> I tried. I, I, you know, I remember one stage, year nine, you know, trying hard at cricket, and this this old guy was at training one day, and I was just, I was having a good day. They were coming. I was bowling my leg breaks. They were coming out really nice, and then the big captain who thought, oh, here's little Frank. I'm going to smack him. And he comes down, whew, clean misses it. You know, didn't bowl him, but nah. the, this old stump. guy turns and goes, "That's a stumping yeah. right there." I was like, "Oh, thanks." I didn't know till years later that was Terry Jenner, aka, yeah, right. AKA well, one his coach. Yeah, um, and he was impressed at what I did. I'm like, "That's the highlight of my cricket career." Pretty yeah. <laughs> take that. Any day of the year. So yes, high school for me was Ross Trevor. Um, yeah, we had our. Th- 30th anniversary, no 20th anniversary. 20 yeah, 20th 20. anniversary yep. uh just last year I think it was and that was really great to you know catch up with people you haven't seen in in that amount of time. Um yeah, look, I I can't say Jack's probably going to go there, is my <laughs> honest opinion. Um but that decision is still a little ways away.
0: Well, it's interesting, you I mean you worked at the school next door to where you live. Yep. It's called St Francis St Francis Xavier. Xavier. Yep. Yep. Uh, is it a high
3: school? No, that was a a, that school? was a primary school.
0: So I mean, like there is a school literally next door to you. Yes, that surely Jack is. Uh, oh, that's pro- like was you a primary now? school.
3: Yeah, yeah, like that's that's almost a given. Now look, yeah. we're going to yeah. do our due diligence. Sure. We're going to check but out the, the other convenience options. Convenience of I know, that. Right? It's, wow, it's going to be like just and particularly with with my wife working from home at the yeah. moment. There's none of this. Oh, we can't leave him unattended. Stuff. It's just hey. Walk home, knock on the window, mum will let you in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a godsend, it's really. probably where yeah. it's going to go. Yep. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite subject at school? Um, if we're talking high school, I was actually pretty good at geography. Yeah, right. I didn't mm. mind, and, and more than probably geology, I should say, or bio, okay. biology, yes. you know, yep. how the plants worked and photosynthesis and all that sort of stuff. The other one I was drawn to as a high school was English and sort of writing. My and this is goes a bit past 10 years old but at one stage my aim was say, that Michelangelo Rushi bloke who writes yep. the sports for mm-hmm. the, the local yeah. paper in Adelaide I'm going to have his job Rushi's still writing he still is <laughs> Yeah. <he> is. <laughs> um, but yeah I, I wanted to be a writer I was okay at it I, I still like uh, the written word and yep. I think I sort of found that when I you know discovered the internet and stuff and um, I was never really good at Sort of face to face, I see a social interaction. So, but when I had time to think about it and write yep. a response, yep. I'd go back and I'd edit it on the fly and that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, English. My English teacher in high school was one of my favorites, and I, I ran into him at this this reunion thing. So it was really nice to to see him. So, yeah, I I could have been a writer, but I wasn't.
0: It's like the George <laughs> Costanza in Seinfeld that just needs a bit of time to come up with uh, <laughs>
3: That's
0: the right response. The seafood, <laughs> the ocean's running out of seafood. <laughs> uh.
1: Was Frank a good student in high school?
3: I was a bit of a goody-two-shoes, to be honest. I, uh, I mean that. I mean we all have, you know. Um, struggles with, you know, bullies and, and that sort of stuff. There was one guy in particular who was my nemesis. He didn't last long at the school, so that was kind of nice that he ran away. But um, no, I, I didn't get into a lot of trouble at school. Um, I sort of hung out with... I was in this weird group. Ross Trevor, what you need to understand is it's, it's very much the surrounding suburbs, very Italian, right? Lots of... You drive through the, the suburb, Lots of concrete driveways (laughs) and stone lions out the front of the house, right? You know, and and that's why because I was Spanish, right? I was not an Australian dog, as was the term used at the time. Yep, Yep. how (laughs) nineties? Yeah, I know, and and it was so (laughs) hearing some of the stuff we used to (laughs) say, just ridiculous to think back (laughs) on it, right? Um, I wasn't one of these these skippy skippy boys yeah. mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't a, an actual Italian either yeah. so I was this weird sort of like day walker who could go between the right. two groups yep. uh, you know I wasn't um, I wasn't a part of either of them really you had the we had Frostrape was also a boarding school so there was real country lads who have come down from the Barossa or further and interstate a lot of them um, and I was okay with that. I was friends with a lot of the boarders um, and the Italians were just like you're not one of them but you're not one of us, so go over there. So so I sort my group was sort of a weird collection of people who sort of fit into to that category. So we didn't get into a lot of trouble though. Except for Yeah. Except for hiding under a bus one time. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next question here is <laughs>
0: best memory of school. I think we've got a candidate.
3: It was um Yeah, look, to be fair, it was is we were running away from one of our I'd, I'd annoyed one of the guys in our group who was a, a bigger guy than me and I knew I could outrun him and so just to make it um, interesting for the, the crowd that had sort of watched what was going on I was like, cool, I'm going to go around the bus and I'm going to like, you know spider crawl my way under the bus because I know he can't follow me that way only when I've come out the other side, there was a teacher standing right there, <laughs> just going, "Right, you come with me," <laughs> uh, much to the amusement of everybody else. Oh. So, um, uh, probably the other memory I, I remember, we had a a teacher who was, oh, he could have only, must have only been mid twenties, and he was, he was the, he was the young, cool teacher, right? And uh, we were mucking around, and, and someone threw like a a scrunch up bit of paper and, and threw it. And he just sort of, it hit him and he sort of turned to look and we're like, oh, you're in trouble. And he's bent down, he's picked it up <laughs> and he's just pegged it back at the other. Yep. Next thing you know, it's an all-out war. There's just papers <laughs> going everywhere. And I distinctly remember, someone's grabbed a tennis ball and one of the kids who had a good arm pelted it and he's got a VHS cassette tape, like a the, the cover, and used it as sort of like a, a shield. And just go bang and whack it straight back. And I'm like, so mum goes, what'd you do at school today? I was like... I'm not sure. <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't know what happened. It was just <laughs> chaos.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think the other one that stands out, we did a, um, uh, what's that called? Orienteering? When you go yep. and you, yes, you walk did. around and yep. you do, you see landmarks yep. and stuff. We did it around the school and you had this list to say, oh, what colour is the fence at number 23 or whatever it is? Da, 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 whole page. And then right at the end, as you're sort of walking back towards school, the question was, how many roads must a man walk down? Now... If you know, that's a famous lyric from, mm-hmm. oh, I can't even remember the artist, to be Answer honest. Answers blowing in the wind. That's the one, right? And and so everyone's going, oh, well, is it from the corner? Oh, like wow. how many rows did it do? And you had to provide the answers the next day. And I didn't know it at the time, like anyone else of that age. And I so sort of said it to my dad, and he just burst out laughing. He goes, <laughs> all you have to do is write down the answer my friend is blowing in the wind yeah it's the, the next line of the song of course and yeah. so you know going through the questions the next day yep 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 yep, yep. alright how many rows was the man walk at? people are shouting out all sorts of numbers <laughs> and I'm up the front as the good student I am right next to the teacher and I just quietly said sir I think the answer was uh, blowing in the wind and he's looked at me and goes you
1: you're my favourite <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like cool I'll take that yeah. <laughs> I like it I like That's it fantastic Straight out of high school, you make a choice of whether you have a gap year or jump straight into gainful employment. What fork in the road did you take?
3: I have never been to uni a day in my life, to be honest. I ended up uh, actually halfway through year 12 when I realized that sort of English, as much as I loved it, was never really going to happen for me. The scores for that were quite ridiculous back then. And I actually ended up studying um, computer science, I guess they called it back then, halfway through year 12 as a TAFE course sort a part time, like you know, three hours a week or something silly like that. Basically, because the computing program at the school just, I was more or less running it. Um, <laughs> something would, would go wrong with what the teacher was trying to show us. And he'd look at me and i go, yeah, you, you need to change this, fix that. Now it'll work, That's all right? Great. And so I was like, I'm not learning anything from this, really. So I started studying at TAFE. Uh, my mum actually worked at TAFE. She was basically the um, EA or executive assistant to the big boss who ran the TAFE up at Tea Tree Gully. And, and I, so I started studying there. She, of course, people knew who I was through her, basically, And then six months out of school, the um, mum rings me up one day and she goes, get dressed, you've got a job interview in half an hour. What? What are you talking (laughs) about? At at the TAFE where I was still studying, they needed a help desk office, you know, grunt work on the phones, helping people. Oh, I can't log into my computer, blah, blah. Five years later, I was still there and I'd you know completed my studies and stuff. But because I'd had that experience, I had friends of mine who had been studying computer science at uni. Yeah. And they were the ones ringing me up going, Frank, my computer's broken. And I'm <laughs> yes. like, hang on. Hey, wait a minute. You're studying computer science. I know everybody looks down on the TAFE system compared to uni. Why am I fixing your computer? Yeah. And they're like, "It's a fair question. I can tell you how the computer works. Can't tell you how to fix it though because you've had that life experience oh, on, on the front lines. So, uh, yeah, and then into the workforce from there. So... I think the only time I went to uni, I went with my then girlfriend just to see what it was all about. And I just Mm -hmm. sat in on her classes and just went, wow, this is really boring. I don't feel like I've missed a whole lot. Like (laughs) Uni bar. Did you do that? Did go to the uni bar. That was quite good. Uh, Adelaide uni, I think it was. Um, Yeah. But, you know, and so it's funny when people talk about, you know, college or their their uni experiences, I I literally have no, nothing to compare that to. Yeah. but I've been in the workforce probably five years, four to five years longer than than most. So
0: yep. yeah, yeah, uh, very very cool. Now your beautiful wife, Ali, you are married. Tell us a little bit about how
3: that all came about, um, <laughs> the courtship. <laughs> the courtship. Wow. Um, so compared to a, a lot of the, the friends that I hung around with, they had all a lot of them had all been married off and all this sorts of stuff. So I, despite being generally speaking, the oldest in our friendship group. I was one of the last, and yeah, there was a few relationships along the way, of course, but nothing ever really stuck. And so I was feeling a little bit like, oh, well, you know, the, the people inside our friendship group that we knew, they're all paired off and stuff. What do I do here? So I turned to the internet, as you do, and I sort of thought, well, there's going to be a lot of dodgy stuff out there. So rather than try these free whatever, Signed up to, I think it was eHarmony. Yep. I don't know if that's still around. And I figured, well, the fact that I'm willing to yep. pay this service to try and try and meet someone new, that automatically is going to weed out a lot of the, you know, the uh, other stuff. These days, I guess it's all app based. Back then, of course, it was all on a website. Uh, yeah, and that is how I first met Ali. I've got to say, I think it was the profile picture that did it for me because she was dressed as a ninja turtle. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is that right? Her profile picture was her at a as she tells That's the incredible. story a uh, a costume competition. And it would come down to yep. her and someone who I think was in full scuba gear. And they're just like, we can't split you two. She'd go on the full Ninja Turtle yeah. washing basket as the shell oh, and all that. So and he's like, we can't split you two. I think the prize was a laptop. So she was like, I'm in it to win it. Yep. Yeah, And they said, all right, dance off contest. <laughs> so she she's doing like the, the spinning on the shell type oh, move. And that's wow. her picture of her oh, like spinning on the dance floor. And I'm like, incredible. I need to talk to this woman. Yes. I need to find out more.
0: <laughs> that doesn't get any more perfect than that. Yeah. Right, right there. Like, yeah, that's, it's fairytale uh, mode. It right? is pretty, <laughs> pretty much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so, when it, you know, in the early days, her friends, as you do, they they'd never met me, so they did a bit of internet stalking. <laughs> and uh, as Ali tells the story, she goes, oh, you know, Beck's been, like, you know, looking at all your pictures of your toys and stuff. I was like, yeah. She goes, she warned me. She said... <laughs> She goes, Ali. Do you know he's got a toy collection? And Ali's like, yeah, I've seen it. And she was just, her friend was just mortified. And this is before she'd ever met me, mind you. And and so when I did finally meet uh, Beck, um, I was a little bit apprehensive. I was Like well, she's already made her mind. I think I mean, this is going to be fun. Um, and then yeah, it was actually we actually got on really well. She's one of one of uh, Ali's uh, and my friends' uh, favourites at the moment. She lives uh, she lives in Melbourne, but. Uh, yeah, it was really. I think she found it uh, refreshing from her point of view to go. This person has this habit that I know nothing about. That just I don't understand. Yep. But underneath it all, they're still a normal person. That you know, they're not some closeted freak to use a term like that. So, so that was um, that was pretty cool. And then yeah, got to meet her uh, the first time I met her family. So she's got an older brother and an older sister. And was at the Avengers, when the Avengers movie came out in 2012. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but she'd said, oh, my brother's part of the reason she knew stuff like turtles and and He-Man and these sorts of things, because she had an older brother who is closer to my age, a little bit older, actually. And he, sort of by osmosis, wasn't trying to force her into it, but, you know, she saw a lot of this stuff. And so there, I just remember sitting next to him, first time I'd met him, you know, Avengers end reveal at the end Thanos turns around with a big grin and we both just like like looked at each other and in that moment I was like okay we can be friends now (laughs) your credentials checked out
1: (laughs) how long have you and Ali been married?
2: Oh. it's not a trick
0: question we know we, <laughs> we know you thought your 15 year old dog was
3: actually found out she was I'm 17 I'm terrible with dates and times why would you do this to me no I think actually our um date we got married in January of 2015 uh but I think our actual entire courtship is coming up to 10 years in uh, April so yeah pretty pretty soon
1: yeah there if, you go and you got a a rug rat running around—is that correct?
3: I do, do little Master Jack. He is um, two and a half, going on thirteen at the moment. <laughs> uh,
0: just how's he going with his mound of dirt? Oh, the front?
3: and you see, that's the problem. He loves rolling in the mound of dirt, and that's great. I've got no problem with that. Once <laughs> yep. you get dirty, that's fine. It's when it's like, all right, buddy, playtime's over, it's getting dark, yep. it's bath time, brush your teeth, all that. And he just kicks and thrashes. And I'm the villain for, yep. you know, has to physically remove him from this pile of dirt <laughs> um, because, yeah, he doesn't want to go, um, which is great. And for listeners who haven't sort of been listening to Toy Power for a while, I you might hear me occasionally mention my Supergirl collection. I did have uh, a daughter uh, several years ago, she unfortunately passed away um so uh, when anybody asks you go, how many kids you got say oh, i've got two i've got one here and, and one who's had to leave so
1: yeah nice very nice
0: uh, now travel i reckon you're part of the san diego club mm-hmm. been there uh tell us a little bit about travel exploring the world and maybe some thoughts on your experience from san diego it's just such a Yeah, experience.
3: San Diego is crazy, but probably going back before that, I actually went overseas when I was 19, I think it was, or maybe 20. Uh, Being half Spanish, I had to go to the homeland and meet the rallies I never knew I had sort of thing. Uh, And my God, I know everyone talks about Ibiza and these sorts of places, (laughs) but the, the Spanish know how to party. I remember... Uh, going out with my cousin who was around my age, looking down this street that was the, the width of Rundle Mall. So not like a, a small little typical Europe, t- European street. Huge, just a sea of heads everywhere you looked. And this was like 2 a.m. <laughs> and I said to them, I was like, is there a festival? Is there a concert? Is there a, a sports yeah, game? What's going there. on? And they go, no, no, it's, it's Tuesday. It's- yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. this is this is how it's done. Uh, Got to see a a bullfight in the arena. A little bit controversial these days, but it was still an experience. Got to see uh, Atletico Madrid take on Real Madrid. So that's their version of the showdown, if you will. Um, Yeah, got to... I think we ended up going to the the tennis club where Rafael Nadal sort of started out and my um, uncle or step-uncle or whatever he is, (laughs) he was, yeah, sort of running the show. I, I think at one point... Uh, Spanish food amazing, but as a uh, very green you know Australian 19, 20 year old I was just, I was just craving just something simple, just a, a meat pie or a steak, something like that that I'll, my body was used to. And my uncle sort of picked up on this. Oh, a big steak and, you know, broken English, sort of translating it through. My Spanish was not very good. I tended to learn from my mother, which as a 19-year-old doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they bought it out and I've cut into it. I swear it went moo. It was it was that <laughs> yep. raw. Yep. And he saw my face. No, no, no. Take it back. I had to take it back four times before. It was what I would consider raw now. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't wow. know. I don't know. Spanish do lots of amazing food. Wow. Don't get me wrong. But steak... Probably not their speciality. Mm. So, yes, that was obviously a long time before Ali. But then, yes, we went to uh, San Diego Comic-Con in... Would have been 2016. What was the? It was before uh, BVS. It was the year when they really? had... They sort of announced that and showed the trailer and stuff. So, I think it was 2016. Yep. And, yeah, that was also the year where they showed Deadpool uh, for the first time, the, the trailer for that come out. And there's... Um, I was about to say, Mark Hamill. He's got nothing to do with Deadpool. Who am I? Th- Ryan, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds and the director were there. They play the trailer and the room just erupted and just started instinctively chanting,
1: play it again, play it
3: again. And you just see Ryan Reynolds turn to the... They high-fired. It was like a... It wasn't yeah. a planned thing. No, they it was- Genuinely was surprised going, people really love this. We yeah. were not expecting it. Wow. Um. So that was really cool. Um. Yeah, Ali Ali got to see her. uh, She loves her supernatural. And I think at one point we were walking. I think we were almost leaving for the day. And uh, Castielo? Castile? I don't know. Don't know? I don't know. One of the characters, one of the actors from the show was literally walked past us, like arm's length away, walked past us in the opposite direction. She didn't see him. And I've tapped her on the shoulder going, "Um, I think you want to go back and talk to that guy there. And she got to, to meet and have a photo um, with him, which was great. He awesome. was actually... Walk, the reason I noticed because he walked past with about five boxes, pizza boxes in his hand and he was going to feed the guys who were waiting at the front of the whole oh, H line sure, because they were waiting to see the Supernatural guys who were still hours away from, from their thing. So we... Uh, yeah. So we did all that. Uh, we also did... Uh, San Diego was like the, the end leg of our trip to America. We started out in... Uh, we started a couple of days in LA just to do the touristy stuff, Universal Studios and that sort of thing. And we're like, cool, it's been three days. Let's get out of LA. This is not the town you want to spend too long in. Uh, ended up going to New Orleans. Nice. I'll tell you what, we're going to retire in New Orleans because yeah, right. that is an amazing, amazing city. I might have told this story before, but you've you, you just been on this you know, flight out of LA. You land in New Orleans. You've been on the shuttle bus. It's a new city. You don't know where you are here's your hotel you get out and across the street was this was this uh probably 50 year old african-american gentleman with a backwards beret on sitting on a milk crate with his bass guitar oh sorry just an electric guitar and a little amp just doing these bluesy tunes dun, 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 you know, he, was, he was busking basically and that's the, that was my first real taste of new orleans and i I went up to Australia. I said, "Mate, here's five bucks. I've been here five minutes. You've made my day." Like it was just, and he was just in his own world, yeah. eyes closed, swaying to his own music, and he's like, and he stopped playing. He's like, "Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that." Oh, it's just magic, magic. It's very hot. If you don't like humidity, don't go <laughs> to New Orleans. Um, but yeah, went down Bourbon Street and some of the the famous sort of stuff. Really loved New Orleans, um, and then we did a week in um, Cancun. That yes. was that was the expensive part. We're just like, Do you know what, we're we're saving up before uh, San Diego. As far as like you know, saving our legs. This is our week to lounge by the pool and have drinks brought to us <laughs> on command. <Yep. from> our- <laughs> like- <laughs> uh, I got known as Mr. Chinchon. Chinchon is a drink. It's a Spanish liqueur. If you like your aniseed type drinks, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like uzo, but not as rough as uzo. I got called Mr. Chinchon because I ordered so much (laughs) Chinchon. Yeah, and then ending in uh, in San Diego. Oh no, so we did go to Chicago as well. On my birthday, we landed in, not Chicago, New York, sorry. And yeah, got to have, on my birthday, wife had organized it. We landed in New York and we got to go to an authentic New York pizzeria and have have the big slice. Nice. And I was like, I'm like hey, this is this pepperoni the best pepperoni pizza you yeah, will have yep. ever had the, the place had all the guys were wearing you know big black t-shirts with the Sopranos logo <laughs> in, right. in, their, in their name like, <laughs> Garamaldi's or Gara, I can't even remember the name uh, but you know the the red and white sort of yes. tartan tablecloths yes. yep, yep. yep. Oh, just absolutely amazing I'm getting yeah. hungry for some, <laughs> some pepperoni <laughs>
0: some good pizza oh. last question this is the the, the big toy question Ooh. now isn't
1: it here we go here, here we, we go, go. What advice would modern-day Frank, sitting here in the studio, give to tw- twenty-year-old Frank in terms 20 of toy year old. purchases?
3: Twenty-year-old Frank, wow! Pells of wisdom coming at coming at the fresh-faced collector. Um, if you're gonna sell stuff, look up the value first <laughs> before you just go. Eh, I've had this forever; it can't be worth much. Twenty bucks. Here you go, Trent. You can have all my mask collection, like. Look, that was probably a bit later, but I I'm not very I'm not very good when it comes to pricing stuff. My attitude is 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 I look at the I think you're great at pricing stuff right? as as <laughs> as, a, as the buyer. I'm sure you think that like <laughs> it's uh it's probably my one weakness is the ability to wheel and deal. I'm even as a, a buyer, uh, I'm not the sort of person who will go. What's your best price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know some people are uh, you know don't like that sort of thing. Uh, I'm I'm not very good at that, that. Okay, I look at it and go, if I'm comfortable to pay that yep. price, I yeah, will. Yeah. And you're not likely to try and bully me into buying something. But yeah, just be a bit, bit more creative with your pricing is probably how I would do it. If you want to sell stuff, that's fine. Um, I mean, I know I you know keep bringing up the mask example as if it's one of my big regrets. I don't regret it because in my mind, I had those toys for the longest time. I had great fun with all the mask stuff. You know, don't be afraid to to move stuff on, but also, you know, keep keep what's important to you. Basically, yep. if you don't just keep stuff because well oh, I've had it forever, I'm going to keep it for another forever, you know, change it up.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Rotation. Good. Yeah.
3: Important. Makes makes what was old is new again, basically.
0: Yep. And someone's going to enjoy it as exactly. well, and it lives on. Which is which is wonderful. Hey, that was fantastic. I even learnt some new stuff, which is always great. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Paco. (laughs) do you get the pronunciation? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll pass that. That's okay. (laughs) All right, fantastic. Let's move on to our next segment. (laughs) May the
1: force be with you.
0: From Twilight to the role of the Batman, vampire (laughs) to the Bat, Robert Pattinson has killed it as uh, Bruce Wayne and the Batman, but it does feature a stellar cast of wonderful actors, the almost unrecognisable Colin Farrell as the penguin
3: (laughs) almost if you Uh, hadn't told me it was him far out
0: it's it's quite uh, incredible and uh, are you going to go my way we've got uh, the daughter of
3: uh, Zoe
1: Kravitz Zoe Kravitz is is, uh, a fantastic and Lisa Bonet Lisa Bonet is her mother is that right? Did you not know yeah. no, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Mate, with parents like that, wow. you are coming out you are super beautiful. You're just Catwoman <laughs> right from the start. It's an unfair advantage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is this is an interesting film because it is a... I think critics are going to look at this mm-hmm. and go, well, it's beautifully shot. I mean, yeah. the, the cinematography, it's the guy, and I don't know his name off the top of my head, but it's the guy that did June. He also did Rogue One, I believe. So some some you know he, he I think he's a cinematographer at the top of his game, mm-hmm. um, and and Matt Reeves really has come at this going because I think they approached him when when Affleck was still in the chair and they said mm-hmm. this is the Batman we've got and we want you to direct and he said I see what you're trying to do not for me yep. if I were to do a Batman story this is what I'd do and and he thought you know I've got to be true to myself yeah. in terms of this you know I guess the phone call later going you can do your batman story yep. so he's 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 created something that is his vision mm-hmm. and i think that comes across in this story it is highly influenced by the likes of seven mm-hmm. this sort of very gritty yep. murder mystery it's very dark Gotham is always it's, Gotham is its own character, really. Yeah. This is like a yep. pile of shit. It is the <laughs> shittiest place to live. It's always raining. It's dark. <laughs> it's crappy, but it really and it's corrupt. Yeah, this is a, uh, a really interesting comic book movie because it transcends almost the 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 typecast campiness or silliness of some what may or, or even the production qualities of what superhero films can be, and almost moves beyond that into something that is going to be critically acclaimed. I think it's up sense. there
3: alongside the Joker film with yes. Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix. Yep. in that uh are a friend of mine who loves his movies um, but detests all the superhero stuff and 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 I regularly try and say oh mate you love Guardians you're a big muso <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but he loved the yes. Joker yep. as as a as a big cinephile and this is probably another one. I don't I haven't talked to him about this movie yet but it's one that You don't have to know anything. You just need to know who Batman is as far as he's Batman and then that's it. The rest of it you can do. I heard one commentator say, you could take this film, take Batman out, have a Dick Tracy hardball detective character in that lead, change nothing else about the film and and it still works. It'll
0: work. Yeah, Yeah, it's very grounded in that respect. It is very realistic. So all the villains in this, there's no killer croc or you know yep. super yep. there's no brainiac coming down I still or meet like you. That. No, it's all very <laughs> very realistic and grounded um what what do we know like it's been a critical success it's getting a lot of praise i mean it's not it's not a joyful film it's mm. not a it's not a laugh a minute no, kind right. of film what's it doing in terms of box office numbers we know um we've come off spider-man no way home which has just absolutely blitzed the COVID movie environment. Mm. Where's this kind of sitting in terms of box office takings?
3: So this has... Uh, I'm trying to find the actual date. I oh, release date, 4th of March. So we are here um, oh, only a couple of weeks after that. And we're basically looking at... It's a bit of a split. They talk about domestic, so the US market versus the international. Pretty much the same, about $250 million on each. So okay. it's basically cracked the half a billion dollar mark. And it's probably hasn't been out, even been out a month at this point.
1: Yep. Sure, sure. Has it been released into all international markets at this
3: stage? Uh, I believe so, from what I can see here. Um, it's in four and a half thousand theatres yep. as we speak right now. So. Now,
1: I, I guess
0: that I know Joker did very well. It had an R rating. I mean, this is not... The first impression that I had of this film is that... It's just not a kids' film, right? No, like it's, no way. in terms of rating, mm. one thing. But in terms of sort of content and, and themes, and even just length of running time, just shy of three hours. Yeah. I mean, kids just can't sit through this.
3: In, in our, we went to uh, the Lux Theater in Adelaide, so Gold Class, whatever you call it. So it's you know meant to be for the premium experience, and saw a father walking in with his couldn't be any more than 10 years old kid and straight away i've gone hmm, okay yeah, but you know what ball, right? it, it's it's your decision you're you're the parent that's fine and i thought the content for that sort of age group was largely okay you know depending on the child but this kid couldn't sit still he must have walked past my seat to the exit about 15 20 times during the movie to the point where it was a distraction for mm-hmm. us yeah and we're like and that's that i said look i said to Ali, he's like what kid do you know at no. that age that can sit still for three hours? It's too long exactly. for that. And I, and I think he was expecting an Avengers-esque, you know, Biff back Pal's, you know, CG graphics. And that's not what this is.
0: No. Yeah. Speaking of CG graphics, I couldn't pick... I picked one sequence that looked like it was CG. Uh, and that was the flight suit where yes. he skydives and he mm-hmm. hits something, kind of bounces around a little bit. But everything <laughs> else... Seems so practical, practical practical sex, practical fight sequences. That car chase—it's been a long time. I haven't seen Baby Driver and a few of those films, which I do want to catch. But to me, chase sequences—even when we got to like Matrix Reloaded, and we Mm. had what what I thought for the time was a fairly good chase sequence on a highway. They'd brought in a lot of digital cars and, and, mm-hmm. and there yep. was something about it that looked pretty digital, right? Michael like, Bay it just...
3: thought it was so good he reused it in Transformers. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: pretty much. <laughs> Whereas this was this felt so refreshing in a way because it was just so it's almost like back to those Mad Max films, right? Yeah. Where they just got stunt drivers, put them in these incredibly fast cars and yep. just filmed that like with no thought to their safety, right? Insanity <laughs> Mad, what Max those Mad Max Two style. <laughs> what they pulled off, and just listen to Dave's video graveyard on the episode on Mad Max, and they go in depth with the guy that runs the Mad Max museums. Fantastic mm. stuff. But this just had a a physicality and a, you know, like the the problem I have sometimes with. I love Marvel films. I've got I love them, and they're their own thing, and they're in their genre. But it's sometimes in a fight sequence or an action sequence. There's this sort of lack of gravity or or force that is created through the the heavy use of CG. Mm. And you can see it in the way things are, even scenes are lit. Like you compare the lighting of Black Widow to the lighting of Dune. And there's just a more realistic lighting in these films. But this chase sequence was just so full on. And, and the sound of that engine
3: and, and oh. the, the banter between Penguin going, I got
2: you! <laughs> yes. I
0: got you! And then he comes out of the flames and, like it was and I was phenomenal. I was
3: worried going into that scene because that was the scene that played heavily into the trailer. Yes. of You could tell it was a chase sequence and then he thinks he's got the Batman and it comes roaring through the flames. Yep. And I was going, okay, that scene's going to fall a bit flat for me. But the introduction of the Batmobile, which they tease it in various points of the movie, you see it in the cave, it's undercover, he's working on the car, and then there's just and what this movie did really well, (laughs) which I can't believe I'm saying this after all the crap we give Zack Snyder, is the use of darkness. Oh yeah, you know even right at the start, something's
0: hiding in that that dark,
3: and there's just this long sort of slow pan into nothing into darkness and it's the hint that something could be, be there. something there and they did yep. that with the Batmobile and the lights and the sound the jet engine you're like oh wow. man so
1: good goosebumps yep. yes Yes. Yeah. it really drew you into the film at that point you were so engaged that once that car chase began you were on board you were yep. sitting in the seat yep. next to Batman driving you, with him. You, you, you were a part of it <laughs> uh, at, at no point was I drawn out of any action part of the film it was just completely engrossing I felt a part of the film mm. and as you guys said it's a three hour film yeah okay I had to go to the toilet at least once during yes. the, step <laughs> the, the portion but it didn't feel like a three hour film because you were just so engrossed in the story and the characters yeah,
3: yeah, 100%. it was a real yeah. All the, the crime boss stuff. Yeah, to your point, there was no Mister Freeze, Poison Ivy level villains, but there was the Falcones and Moronis, which which you know people yep. should be, loosely familiar with if you like your your Nolan films as well. Yes. Um So so it was nice to have them as well as the the bigger names, your Penguins and, and Catwoman's that that people recognised. Um, uh, <laughs> not a lot of funny moments in this film, but the one that got a, an audible laugh from me was when they're interrogating old mate Colin Farrell and he's bound up, hands and ankles shackled. And I I forget what the exact uh, moment is, but he basically tells them a piece. I think that's so right, They're chasing the, the flightless or the bird. Yeah. And they're assuming that it's a bat. What's this got to do with me? He's like, oh, what else do you think has a bat? You know, well, he tells them. Yeah, so yeah they it's think a it's a penguin. Yeah, but, yeah and you yeah. see their faces. You know, this is, this is Jim Gordon and Batman and Penguin's just giving them this vital piece of information and he reads it on their face he goes look at you two the world's greatest detectives (laughs) (laughs) and then directly following on from that when they go right we've got to go catch the Riddler and he's there bound and he starts doing the penguin waddle hey guys don't you forget about me (laughs) and I'm like brilliant way to put in something that the fans would have been clamouring for instead you know he's a normal guy for most of the film but then just a little penguin waddle in there loved it yeah (laughs) yeah he's quite
0: uh, the character you know he's, he's a really a Crime boss, mob Mm. boss, but gee, when he, you know, the way he's got that machine gun, handgun thing that he's just shooting indiscriminately at Batman, like he's he's got those violent streaks, even though he plays the the kind of club owner and 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 drug dealer. So it's a very cool portrayal. I've been waiting for this. Look, I love the Danny DeVito. I love the Burton take on the Penguin. It's a very unique take Mm. and very probably diverged a lot from what the comic books had laid the groundwork for. But this was—I always thought this was going to be the perfect interpretation in yeah. film of the use of the penguin. They've—they've they've nailed it. Like they've—they've they've used a, a really cool character. Catwoman again was was sensational when she was involved in the plot. She had yeah. her own kind of mystery to solve in terms of her friend, and—and and it was this relationship between her and the Batman that they both sort of needed each other to yeah. move forward. And it was this—I this, love that portrayal of Catwoman as you know. She's inherently good, but she goes about things the wrong way, mm-hmm. and, and and that whole arc around wanting to take Falcone's life, yep. even though it was her father. Spoilers and, right. and um, <laughs> all, all the complexity there. So it was a really deep, rich lot lot happening plot wise. Yes. Um, there was a lot here in, in terms of the relationship with Martha Wayne yeah. and her and and what was you know the the political campaign of Thomas Wayne mm. and how all that fit it in and that was a bit for me that was sort of a fresh perspective to put on things and it really raised you know who is the villain who is you know the riddler's pointing out high society and the rich and the corrupt Mm -hmm. and these parallels from from batman to the riddler thinking you know in that final yeah you're like me he thinks they're the same and he's he's his ally like it's just brilliant writing like to draw these sort of parallels and bring that out and it me that's the sort of thing that elevates this beyond like traditional superhero fear mm. into almost a psychological assessment of bruce wayne yeah and his character and that did it they did it so well to tap into just the broken mm-hmm. yep. psyche yep. of this person because you're mm. he, 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 in reality if you're going to dress up and do this stuff at night you have to be you have not, to have an element of right. Yeah, damaged. that's right and, <laughs> and, and that
1: that that parallel to the villains is pretty is pretty close. There isn't going to be a whole lot of difference between you know the left column and the right column with these guys. It's just you know a simple point of view or a simple yep. event in your mm. life that has pushed you, you know, to one side of that uh, the column A or column B. Are you yep. a bad guy or a good guy? Yep. And I think we we saw this in perhaps one of the, some of the trailers, but the the functional
3: bat symbol yes. on the front of the outfit. I love. I was I was expecting it to be. A, a batarang in the traditional sense yep. but it was more like he would use it as a knife Flip to sort knife. of yep. yeah, cut himself free for, from whatever um, for all the controversy about you know in those early trailers where he's wearing the Doc Martin boots in the crime scene I don't think anybody cared about that no. I think the the look and the In quotey fingers, simplistic look of the Batmobile compared to the highly stylized stuff we're used to. Mm -hmm. I think it all worked really well. Even the bike, like you know the, um, and we'll get to talk about the toys in a second. But Hot Toys are doing not just a Batman, not just a Batmobile. They're doing the Batbike as well. You know, which had a you know relatively minor part in the in the the story overall. But um, yeah, I. The best stories are the ones that where you go. I'm not so sure the villain is a bad guy. Yeah, and you know you think Thanos and those sorts of things. This is similar to that in, or better than that, I would argue. That you know you go. Ah, oh, I'm not 100 sure whose side I'm on. Mm. And then they do like you know recruit p- people like Q and on snipers. And and then you go. Oh, that's right. You are the bad guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that,
0: that's shown me true colors. Yep. Um. Yeah, 100%. Look, I remember... You can go back, I mean, the episode where we talked... We first saw the Matt Reeves Batmobile. Mm. And there's there's some commentary that we made around it. And, and oh, I think my reaction at the time was... It looks a bit plain. Like, mm. it looks just too much like a regular car. I want my Batmobiles to look. Yep. Now, I remember Darren made a comment... Which, in typical Darren fashion, was... Well, I want to see the film and see how this version fits into the to the story because yep, that's to where yep. it's gonna that's where you're ultimately gonna be able to judge if this thing works or not I've got to give it give it the time and space not judge it now yep, yep. and I think a hundred percent he's spot on because <laughs> you know yeah. in, in his in his typical Darren style he knew when, when to when to criticize something and when to just give it the time and space for it to play out you yep. know the casting of Michael Keaton as Batman back in 89 got uproar yeah. just let's see let's, let's see, see his how it performance goes. yeah same with Pattinson. Oh, he's in Twilight. He's not, yeah. No, let's just see how he goes. Yep. I think he nailed it. And I think the Batmobile, it would have looked ridiculous if you had a Tim Burton style of car. Yes. Like it Absolutely. wouldn't have fitted, right? You don't want a refined looking machine. No, yeah. it just needed to be a, a muscle car that, yeah. that was at the top of its game. Yep. And it just needed to have just those slight design details. Mm-hmm. To make to, it unique. Yeah, yep. that's yep. right. But that's all it needed. And, and And as a result, it works. Tick. You know, he made the right choice. So it's mm-hmm. sort of... I, I, I found that funny to look back on yeah. now that we've seen the film.
3: Yep, that's interesting. It's a good shout out.
0: Um, a couple of things just before we get into the toys. What do you think of Riddler? I mean, he was really the 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 mastermind of mm. the plot. Um, the the sort of the really the serial killer that used almost based on the Zodiac yep. killer. He used ciphers and yep. and puzzles, which I think takes him out of. The, the silly sort of campy style yeah, of how sure, you could it, play Riddler and just moved him into a scary, scary adversary, yeah. like a yep. super super smart. Happened to be an accountant, which, uh, you know, always... <laughs> well, is that's always sort we, of a
3: little that's why we don't <laughs> try and piss off Trent on this show. We might, <laughs> we might just push him over the edge one day. Yeah, I think there was a lot of talk around the look of the Riddler and, and, and that. Look, it's not the most... Uh, when you compare it to the, you know, the more colourful superhero you know your Marvel comparison that we're used to yeah it's not the most attractive looking costume but by God you're not going to forget that character and that performance anytime soon and no. I think there's a lot of people who might have been on the fence about whether they're going to get that figure they're getting the figure based yep. on what they saw in the movie and wanting a, a plastic representation of yeah. that
0: yeah I mean Paul Dano does a fantastic job yeah. at, at being you know creepy and, and <laughs> insane and and but even that that first sequence where he appears behind the 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 mayor, um in his in his room oh, and he's yeah. lit he's lit by the tv flashing yeah and and just when he's he's clubbed him with that um carpet carpet yeah yes. and then how he sort of just rips the the tape yeah yep. and and just the sound of the tape like it's just a really creepy introduction to the character. Mm. And and he's played it really well. For a lot of the role where he's just behind these glasses and doesn't really get to play the facial expressions yep. until he's in the prison. At the end,
3: yeah.
0: Um, he's had to do a lot with his voice and and his posturing and, and all that sort of thing. So I think he's done a fantastic job. I think Jim Gordon is brilliant in oh, this. Yeah. And the the chemistry between him and Batman is just fantastic like that that really i love that in um batman the animated series mm-hmm. they do that relationship really well i found like this was really interesting like obviously the first crime scene of the mayor's murder mm. and bat and there's a bit of a thing about letting batman onto the crime scene and and, and he's walking around and i had this mo- like it was just a bit of a, a weird moment to see batman kind of like interacting with everyone sure just like yeah. dressed sure. as batman
3: yeah but and then yeah, yeah, you had you, like the CSI guys going, "Yeah, hey, that's evidence." And then Jim's like, "No, no, it's fine." Like he's with us. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. but that that like
0: it was it was sort of um, confronting at first for me to see because usually he's
3: it's played as a loner, Jim, yeah. and he's
0: but but what we got out of that story of having those two working together, I thought was was really good. Yep. Um, and and to me, this was probably the the closest comic book portrayal of the Batman and um, that we've seen on film draw draws heavily on a lot of the stuff I love. Like there's a, there's a, a run, which is just about Gotham GCPD, right? Mm. It's just about the police force. And they're going to spin that off into a TV show. Yep. Um, but like long Halloween, it starts on Halloween yes. night with that, that, that sequence. Yep. Um, Batman, you One, all that, all that inspiration is, is there, but it's its own thing at the same time. I think mm. it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and I love. It was interesting. The first thing we see is the the ninja, you know, the ninja, killing killing the, the yes. dad. And yeah, you know, yeah. we find okay, it's just a play on the Halloween thing. But we don't see the Bruce Wayne, you know, murder of his parents. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we mm-hmm. see it through the eyes of of that kid, kid who loses his dad, the orphan, dad. Who's the left orphan. Yeah. right? And we sort of, and then 100%. we learn Paul Dano as the Riddler was a uh, an orphan as well. Mm-hmm. They've done a very clever thing of giving us the empathy of what without, Bruce sees without having to do it again. Yep. Very, very clever, yep. right? So I, I think this film does a lot of things right. Any final points on the film before we move into the toys?
1: I found, sitting there in the first 30 minutes of the movie, it, it dawned on me that this is probably the most realistic Batman interpretation. It's a genuine detective Yep. Movie mm-hmm. and at his core, as a character, Batman is a detective. Yes, he might be in the Super Friends or in the mm-hmm. Justice League occasionally, but he is a detective, and that's what we got in yep. the story—a yeah. guy who had to think, look, analyze, yep. visit sites, talk to people, shake people down yep. for answers and information—and that's what we got. We got that entire story, and it it, it unraveled. Did become what um, you know? What was a terrific story at the end of the day? Yeah, hundred percent. And I
3: think by using the Riddler, it was a really good way to yes. You, you
1: know, it's funny having
3: the day before my wife and I went to see this movie. We watched the <laughs> the, the Batman Forever, which of course had the Riddler in it and stuff. <laughs> Obviously, very 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 different. Um, but we we had a bit of a chuckle at the the Bat Logic as he goes through the puzzles, and of course he hides his name Enigma in these puzzles, yep, and we're just yep. like uh okay (laughs) and yet you didn't feel that with this there was no not a real point that i noticed anyway where you went oh that's a bit of a leap when they made the connection yeah and ripped up the carpet i was like what and then you go yeah wow that's clever like it's clever that they wrote that in and that that they got there organically without it feeling like it was forced yeah no 100
0: percent. yeah no very good yeah detective is a big part of the character that probably hasn't been played up because it's obviously 100%. more for the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think about 1989 Batman, he does a bit of work on the Ace Chemicals and trying to work out the combinations, yep. but
1: that's about that's about it. Yeah. Like it's right. it's not a lot of detective work. It didn't rely on being an action yes. movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so special as a comparison to the other Batman films.
0: Yep. Wonderful. Let's jump into the toys. This is really interesting. I wanted to have a bit of a breakdown of this mm-hmm. because I saw before the film dropped, I saw some um, promotional pics. I guess you'd call it from Spin Master, mm. and they had their their sort of I guess you'd say at that sort of four to five inch, yep line. They had a kid in his bedroom playing with the penguin and the Catwoman and the Batman on his on his floor, right? And this kid probably would have been aged at your your ten mm. oldest. Yep. <laughs> And then we look, we saw obviously that Todd had a lot of figures coming out in Mm -hmm. his sort of seven inch scale. We saw Mezco with their 112th collective and the hot toys, the beautiful, like Mm. we said, they're doing everything from bat signals to motorbikes to Batmobiles. With all the toys that are out there, I felt a little bit sorry for Spin Master, who's <laughs> signed up for
3: this license. DC license, new Batman movie a... coming out. Your beauty. <laughs> oh wait, we can't use any of that because yeah. we're for kids. Like a hundred percent, and 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 so
0: McFarlane is sitting there going, "You beauty, hot yeah. toys, Mezco." All these guys are going, you know, "We're going to sell." I, I I don't think I haven't even seen Spin Master toys on the aisles because I don't know who which. Yeah. Retail chains are buying them because yeah, this true. is not a kids' film. That's yep. right. And yep. you've got the license to do the kids' toys. I feel a little bit sorry for you. If we if we flash back to Batman Returns 1992 it was a failure, like from from a toy perspective. The line, yeah, Because the film was so dark, mm-hmm. they, they didn't want they didn't get the toy sales or, or you know, feel it was appropriate. And then you see, because of Kenner, because of the, the toys, you see a, a director change. You see, you know, I think um, um, we've got Burton come on as executive producer. We've got
3: Joe Schumacher, Schumacher to come
0: yep. on. He brightens it up. It goes back to the fifties, sort of more campy style. Mm-hmm. And we've got villain. We need uh, you know Two Face. We need Riddler. And we've colorful villains. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that is the directional change is as a result to target this movie towards kids and it continued on with Batman and Robin I believe Bane was added in at the request of the toy company really to add a third villain to the film right so you've literally got the toy company directing the movie pushing yeah pushing the direction like it it is it is a fundamental part of where that franchise headed after returns to its detriment ultimately like we know where the story ends it's so interesting to contrast that now with 2022, where Spin Master really has really nothing, no, no say. Yeah. No say. Mm-hmm. They've they've acquired a license, and you're going to take what you get. And they've drawn the short straw, unfortunately. I think in this in this uh, market.
3: Yep, hundred hmm. percent. So what do we think for the the future of? Uh, the, there is a, a bit of a tease going forward. The, yes. uh, again, we're talking spoilers here, but so you're hoping you've seen the movie. They set up Joker. That was unfortunately spoiled for my wife because the internet is the place that it is. There, there was it was classes of rumor, but as soon as she saw who was cast in that role, she's like, "Oh, yeah, you don't cast no. that person as a as a, as a throwaway." No. Yeah, so that looks like to be setting up the Joker for future. I'm sort of more interested in what does this mean for the the greater DC universe. You know, we've seen. You know, the likes of Momoa and Ezra Miller crossing over with Peacemaker, is this a universe that Rob no. Pattinson's gonna enter at any point? I, I don't
0: think so. I think this is something they just wanna keep discreet. So he like
3: not like the Christian Bale Batman, he doesn't get to play with everybody else? I think mm. so. Yep.
0: Yeah. To me that's the way this one works. You've got a trilogy here obviously lined up. They wanted to see how this one performed and I think the preliminary numbers and the critic response. Yeah is enough to green light the other two, and I think they'll certainly continue down this path. I I don't think this sort of fits in with what they're doing with Ezra. You know, the Flashpoint kind of Mm. concept where he talks with a Michael Keaton Batman. I think that works in that more fantastical world. Yep,
1: it still would be fairly cool just to have that split-second cameo. Of the Rob Patterson multiverse. Because it yeah, pot- Potentially yeah. it's in yeah. there.
0: like I mean, And they can do that. I don't think there's anything stopping them. I just don't think that's front of mind. I don't think it's a necessity for this version. Mm. Um, the Joker cameo, I believe uh, Matt Reeves did talk about a scene that was cut from the film where Batman actually goes to Arkham in a very sort of Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter type sequence. Mm hmm where he tries to get information from the Joker and so that that is a scene that was filmed and was in the running to make the final cut so I felt that I felt when I watched this that the Joker sequence was a bit ham-fisted maybe it didn't need to be there Mm. and and it was just cameo for the sake of it but knowing maybe where it had come from it sort of gives it a bit more credibility in my mind Mm. Um, but I think obviously they're they're setting up a broad universe Joker makes a lot of sense to go forward who, who are some of the other characters? Yeah, N- knowing question, this is a it? very grounded, we're not going to see Gorilla Grodd or Doomsday or mm. Darkseid appear in this version. What what are the sorts of villains that we think we might see going forward?
3: I think you look at someone like a Deathstroke, who's you know he's he's heard about this mysterious Batman who's who's messing up Gotham, so he comes over from Bloodhaven or whatever city he's ruling at, yep. and he goes, "I'm going to take the Batman down," type thing. That's his you know mission in life so the way Craven hunts Spider-Man yep, that's yep. Deathstroke wanting to put Batman's head on the wall
1: it's I'd cool. like to see the uh, Arnold Wesker ventriloquist yeah I, he in. popped into my head yeah he yeah, again I mean, that, definite that, that definite Arkham okay. yeah, candidate because again no superpowers it's sort of like yep, a split yep. personality and it's all about two personalities driving an agenda forward yep. and it's all it's not brawn. it's brain yes. based so again you can feed into that detective mental that you've got going with the story already yep 100% i mean i thought again
0: it's been done a lot in cinema but two face makes sense mm-hmm. in this universe the mm-hmm. the corruption the da yeah. angle and then you know a, a plot on the the district attorney that story arc again i mean done very well in long halloween um really compelling to yep. To have a character like that, we had the DA kind of in this one, who gets his head blown off at some point. So there's <laughs> going to be a new. I mean, there's a lot of gruesome traps, weren't there? The oh, rat, the rat of the, eating off yeah. the face. I love it. I loved how it tied into the Riddler clues. Like he's about to lose face. You know, like oh. it's this double entendre. It's just. Uh, it was very clever. Um, but yeah, there's probably uh, if you open up the rogues gallery, there's probably a number of mm. rogues that fit into this universe. Uh, I don't think you're going to be short of villains.
1: There was during the film a very obvious shout out to a famous storyline. Hush, hush yes. came up. yep. that was yes. the other one. When the that came screen. on screen, I, I just went, "Oh, they're going to do
3: hush, and please I, do hush." <laughs> yeah, uh, they've oh, changed yes. it a bit because it's Thomas Elliot was the, the reporter. P- yeah, whereas Thomas Elliot, I think originally was it was. He was another, he he was another, another b- surgeon, I believe. Yeah, surgeon the surgeon, yeah, yeah. The surgeon yeah, yeah. saved, the- um, surgeon saved um, Thomas Wayne's life, I believe, and then they became friends. But mm-hmm. then Thomas Elliot got jealous and cut the brakes on his dad's car or something. Was that the... I'm going to have to reread
1: it, I yeah. guess. Yeah, but yeah there, there yeah. is a plot like that, isn't yep. there? Yep.
3: I just I just think... Uh, and Hush would be a great one. I just think they can't really do a second movie with another guy with bandages on his face. Yep. Like, from a visual visual. point of view. Yep. Um, I could also see someone, like, as far as allies, I could see a Huntress sort of show up. Helena. Yeah.
1: It makes a lot of sense in this
0: universe with the mob connections. That's a good
1: one. Yep, yep. Do we recast... Mary Elizabeth Winstead in that role? Probably not for me. <laughs> oh, she's a beautiful woman. She's, hey, 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 hey! <laughs> Let's set her up properly, like like, like the action figure on the shelf in front of us here. I, that's how she needs to appear. Yeah, uh, that uh, that did, is one didn't of do my, it for you.
0: Not not in not in uh, the Harley Quinn uh, film, no. I, I, and really, it was. I mean, I don't want to comment necessarily on her acting ability, but it wasn't the acting portrayal. I was expecting a in a huntress like it was it was it played a comedic a- angle I don't yeah, think is fitting yeah. for yeah. the character and that's that's a direction yeah. that's it's not the a writing, cl- commentary yes. on the act- acting at all yeah. Black Mask
3: um, is probably another one Yep in crime boss Rachel Ghoul do we get into a I mean, Rachel there's a see, there's a bit of a, that's there's, a the there's a potential there's a
0: potential to do that with yeah. the Lazarus pit sure but you yeah, okay. Here's I would really
3: time. like them, like to see, and I don't know how they do it. I'd like to see a Robin in one of these. It's yep. probably about the only thing the Nolanverse didn't really tick my boxes on. Yes, you they had they did it. They sort of did a Robin. It, didn't it was they? A, it yeah. was a it was a tip of the hat, but yes. it wasn't a Batman needs a sidekick who's not just a regular beat cop. He he needs, a, you know, he's fighting two to three villains per movie and he didn't have anyone to help him other than sort of Jim Gordon. It's just one of those things. You go, how do you do it properly? You know, a a teenager running around in a yellow cape and green tights. Sure, but you can change the imagery. I'd love love to see
0: them do that and do it well. Yeah. Yeah, the Damien Wayne Wayne, style. Style. Well, if you do
3: Damien Wayne and the the Al Ghouls, maybe.
0: I, I would love, to be honest, I mean, I do like Robin as a character. I think there's a lot in that... Having Batman have a uh, kind of you know protege yeah. coming up, mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting story to tell. I really like the Carrie Kelly you know version yeah. of Robin. Oh, I think you know, even okay. having maybe a female yes um, potential. So I, I think you know there's so, there's so this is a great thing about it. it's been around for eighty plus years. There's so many characters they can yep. draw from, you know, even Clock Kings and all sorts of things. Calendar Man, Calendar Calendar Man. Yeah, Man. that's right. Like all these. All these rogues got get gallery that could fit into a more realistic world. So, and
1: Hey, listeners, a poke, a uh, look behind the curtain here. If you want to know why these two guys are listing so many Batman <laughs> villains, they're looking at all the gear on my shelves yes. and they're just going, ooh, there's one. That one, and that one, one, and that one.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that's, that,
0: that's pretty fair. It's fair call. Yep, yep. <laughs> all right, we will wrap this review with a score out of 19, starting with you. Scott, what do you give this one?
1: I've had to go back and... Consider how I'm rating movies out of nineteen, uh, because I've been rating very, very high. Yeah. It's come to my attention. I gave seventeen to The Peacemaker, uh, so it's well, fair. I think Peacemaker's that's fair. Peacemaker is good fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so if I were to go, yeah, I know, on, I on know my, what that means for this. Film. On my previous scale, this yeah. is going to be a twenty-four out of nineteen. <laughs> this. I love this movie. This yeah. is just this is the Batman movie I've waited thirty years for. It was uh, yeah. amazing. A great journey for yep. me.
3: So nineteen then, twenty four out of nineteen. Twenty four out of nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you did say, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, it's. I was worried it would go too dark, and and you know with the comparisons to Seven and those sorts of things, not my style of movie. Like I appreciate what they've yep. done, but yep. I was worried it would go a bit sort of gory and and horror for the sake of it. But it was the the use of the dread without actually showing you blood and guts. Yep. 100%. That I just found absolutely captivating. So yeah, that's that's a 19 for me.
0: Yeah, I can't go past a 19 for me on this one too. Um I think there's enough happening in the DC universe. I try to put on my Darren hat for this one how mm-hmm. he would have rated it. And he would have loved this film. Like he would have uh, hands down sung its praises, given it a 19 without a doubt. There's there's a part of me though that would have you know, there's this concept of what does this mean for the kids? Yeah, you know, like that's the gap is you've got a Batman film out there that's, you know, unanimous nineteen slash twenty four out of nineteen from us <laughs> as the four you know forty plus year old guys that that love this, love this, love the maybe a bit of the darker takes mm. and 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 a quality well made, well acted, well directed, well shot film, mm. and and we've got that. But to your point, Frank, the ten year old that couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't sit, sit still, still long enough and it, it had no impact on them as as a 10 year old now to be fair it's not made for them no um but there, there's something probably in that that we, we were never going to see us we're never going to see a spider-man film M- maybe maybe reach this level right of, of maturity and and sort of adult content mm-hmm. i don't think and, and so spider-man will always have a with the kid audience. Yes. This, the Joker, it's kind of separated it out, which is great for us, but where does it leave, you know, the spin masters and Mm, and the the kids on this one? My My point to that is there's enough content being made that they'll find something Batman related that they can watch and enjoy. But it, it's just something that I, I know Darren, Darren would have kind yep. of, you know, where,
3: where's, where's, what, what what's in it for the, what's in for it the, the kids? Because he was all about getting the yeah. next generation into the stuff that he loved. And this is this is not that. No, if, this uh, is not that. This yeah. is for us. But you're right. In and, Batman uh, in particular, there's a million. You know, hell, go back and watch the Batman the Animated Series. It holds up amazingly. Like, it does.
0: Holds yep. up. Wonderful. Thank you so much for going through that. I got goosebumps when we we're talking about certain sequences. I'm going to go back and see this again. I probably want to see it at the cinema. Before we wrap, we're going to plug again the competition. It's open for another week.
1: That's right. It's the Toy Power giveaway running in conjunction with Action Figure Adventure. Ru... Sorry, boys. Rob and Jay. He's so excited. Show. He lost his words. <laughs> I'm mixing my words up. <laughs> We have a competition running in line with these guys here where we have a signed copy of Action Figure Adventure Season 1, hot in hand, ready to hand away. What we need you to do as listeners for our show and Robin J's show is head over to the Toy Power Facebook page. Find the post which mentions our competition. And what we want you to do is to leave us a story. Tell us a tale about a very memorable toy hunt experience that you've had. Tell us about what you found what the toy meant to you all those good things we want to hear it and what we're going to do on our next episode is we're going to read through the we're not going to read through them on, on air <laughs> we'll read through them as a group and we're going to pick a winner yep. so this is not a random draw this means a little bit of a little bit thought of effort, effort yep. needs to go into it and the story that sings out to us that talks to us we might even read it on air if you're okay with it if the yeah. reader yeah. is okay yeah. with it and we will choose a winner wonderful yep, very good
0: very good uh, competition to win great series action figure adventure season one season two is currently in the works we mm-hmm. can't wait for that to come out hey thanks everyone we're last episode before Ben yeah. joins us yet again from Wogger or Wagga Wogger. depends how many Woggers you want to add in depending <laughs> on where you're from what do we do one Wogger. Just two wog, just wog, wog, wog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just from wog. W- How very Rust Trevor of you! I know, right? <laughs> oh, I can say that. Fair. I can say that as as the day walker <laughs> yeah, I can say right. that. Yeah, get away yeah. with it.
3: Uh, But look, thank you to Scotty for uh filling in for for Ben for us. Like you know, as as we've shouted out a couple of times, you're the you're the behind the scenes toy power person that not a lot of people will hear from on the microphone. You're you're the reason our posts get all the shares and likes and stuff because you're sending it all over the uh, the interwebs. Um, you know, active on the Discord. You know, you help out in so many ways that don't involve a microphone. So it's been wonderful to get you on uh, in front of the thing for once. And uh, yeah, so thank you uh, very much, mate. Beautiful. Thank you for inviting me. I've had a, a good time. Very enjoyable. Beautiful. Wonderful. On that note, we'll say a huge
0: shout out to all our patrons for your ongoing support and chatter on the Discord and for everyone for tuning in to another episode of Toy Power. Thank you so much for listening in. Stay safe, stay well, and we will see you around the toy aisles.
1: And until next time, good journey. <laughs>
3: You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast, at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, or have your say and email us ToyPowerPodcast Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome.